Hey, welcome back to the Bishy PE podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Robert McIntyre, professional golfer. Hello, Robert. How's it going? Yeah, very well, very well. Thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, we're really looking forward to this one. Um, we've got a, a kind of background in golf in the department, so we're, we've been really excited um, for you to join us today. So thank you very much. Um, well, as ever, we're joined by Mr McHugh. How are you doing, Mr McHugh? Absolutely magnificent. I'm absolutely delighted that Bob's been able to join us. And I've actually went to the extent of buying a wee hat. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my God. That's me on. Superb. <laughs> and we're also joined by Active Schools Captain Blaine McFadden. How you doing, Blaine? All right, thanks. Excellent. Um, so, Bob, I'm going to start us off with question one today, uh, and it's just centred around your school career. So, can you tell us a bit about your kind of school journey, and did you stay on until fifth and sixth year? Yeah, so I went through primary school at Rockfield. Um, we've got quite a few schools in an area, and my, my brand, well, my, the band area um, was to go to Rockfield. So, went to Rockfield till primary seven. Um, then went to Open High, and yeah, I wasn't really a a book bug, so um, I kind of had done what I had to do. Um, I then it actually stayed on till sixth year, and then I left yeah. just that sixth year once school work started getting on top of my golf. Um, yeah, and I just um, I just done it because I had to do it really. Because yeah. uh, of the places I had to go, like so university in the States I needed certain certain grades to get there and, and once I'd kinda got them, um it was like, well, there's no point in me still being here. So <laughs> yeah. I chucked it. Yeah. Did you find it quite difficult? Obviously we know how long it takes for a sort of round of golf, but did you find it quite difficult having to fit that in around your school? No, nah, I was lucky. Um my dad's a green the head greenkeeper at my local club. I live on the golf course. Uh, the school's literally five minutes, ten minutes walk from the golf course. So I was, when I, as soon as I finished school, I would just, even in winter time, I would literally finish finish school straight to the golf course, whether it was hit balls at the range or, or in the summertime, going play 18 holes with one of my pals. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite easy for me with, luckily, where I was brought up. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, Blaine. Uh, did you have any like favourite subjects in school or any role models? I did have a few favourite subjects. Uh, the ones I was half decent at. Obviously PE being one of them because I'm yeah. fairly sporty with football, shinty, golf. Um, and then another one was craft and design just because if I wasn't going to be a golfer, I was going to be a joiner or a, some sort of builder. Um, so just something that I can kind of do practical wise, I really yeah. enjoy. Yeah. What would your teacher's perception of Mr. McIntyre be? I was all right. The, the classes I was, <laughs> the classes that, um, I enjoyed and I kind of put myself forward for, I was great. I would listen to them, I would do everything, but some of the other ones I wasn't so so good. But that's part of it, isn't it? Part and parcel, absolutely. Part and parcel. Brilliant. Um, so, see, when you were kind of younger, Robert, did you have any part-time jobs 
uh, as you're growing up? Um, I didn't have any, any, well, I didn't really have anything. I've done a little job at the golf course um, in the pro shop yeah. for three years. Um, just after, in the summertime, um, I would go and kind of work for two hours in the shop, just selling Mars bars and, and juices and, and whatnot for the yeah. folk going out play, and then I would go out and play. But other than that, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't go and do a KP job. I didn't, yeah, didn't do anything like that. It was more just everything. When I got to that age, everything was focused on, on my golf. Yeah, good. So, and can you kind of tell us about your journey into golf? How did it start? Um, and what was your kind of journey? Yeah, so I started playing golf when I was really young. Uh, obviously, yeah. where I grew up, uh, my dad was dad's a, a class player, so. Um, Obviously, as soon as I could could start walking, I had a golf club in my hand and a, a shinty stick in my hand. So it comes, it's kind of the same, same but different um, in that sense of things, same kind of swing. So yeah. I started off playing, I'd say I played more shinty than golf when I was younger. Right, okay. Uh, and then when I was like 9, 10, 11 year old, I, I started playing, playing a lot of golf. Um, yeah. And then just gradually improved and I was always I was always ahead of my age group at the standard wise for, for golf and I then got to about 15, 16 was when I, I really kind of came onto the scene uh, I won the Scottish boys and the Scottish youths um, in the same year I broke yeah. Melbourne broke Melbourne at the start of the year and I thought my year was over Um managed to come back at the middle part of the year and won them both and then that was when I really realised right I can I could do something with this yeah. um, and that's when that's when I started really pushing for it and it just slowly just took the steps I mean a, a lot of folk kind of rush the steps but I stayed in my age group and, and competed in my age group till the very last and it just kind of took it step by step and, and then when I was 17 I played in my first professional event um, with another professional. So it was the Dunhill Links. I was the amateur. Yeah. Played with Eduardo Del Riva. Um, and that opened my eyes to it. Playing with a few guys and you're like, these guys have had successful careers on the European Tour. And yeah. I feel like at 17, 16, 17 year old, I was, I was every bit as good. Um, and then I went to college in the States for a year and a half down in Louisiana, McNeese State. Um, again, progressed well, was going the right direction and then I felt like I, I was going to hit a wall after a year and a half, so schoolwork was taken over, unfortunately. Um, left there and then played Walker Cup, which is the biggest um, amateur event that any British golfer could play in over in America and then came home, decided to turn pro and it's just been a, a hell of a, a journey since then. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned your, your time in America there. How does that sort of work? Is that a kind of scholarship idea where they're funding you to just go and play golf and represent the university? Yeah, so obviously you've got to do the schoolwork. You've got to get a certain, do certain subjects, get a certain GPA. Um, yeah. But really it was literally just, he messaged me. Um, he watched us play at, at the European... European teams, uh, there's all the college coaches are there. 
just because they're trying to find the next the next big star that can boost their program. Yeah. Yeah. I got in touch with me and I was I wasn't planning on going until he got in touch with me and said, What would you need to for you to come? And I just told him straight up after a couple of phone calls with him, it was um I need a full scholarship and the next day he had it on the table and it was like, right, now I've got a decision to make. And yeah. I went there and it was good. I mean, I, the, the amount of stuff I learned, um, I would encourage everyone to go there. Anyone yeah. that's got the opportunity, to go, I would encourage it, whether it's whatever whatever sport. Just you have yeah. to grow up so fast when you're out there. Brilliant. So, so Blaine, you could be the next Robert McIntyre. Excuse me, I've still got a few years left yet. <laughs> you need to get a handicap cut done first. <laughs> no, sorry. So we've got a we've got a young gentleman who is a big shinty man, uh, Jamie McLeod, who was on here uh, last week with us. Um, now he's asked for a few shinty questions. So I'm going to get these these done just now, if you don't mind. I'll give you them all right at the same time. Is your hand insured? No. Okay. What do you prefer, shinty or golf? <laughs> Say shinty, I would. <laughs> and you still play it, Robert? You still aye. play it when you're, when you're home, aye? Aye, aye. Brilliant. Are you decent? I'm half decent, aye. <laughs> I'm not bad. No bad. It, you, got, you got to enjoy yourself. It was actually, I take it they don't pay you, no? No, 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 no. <laughs> don't, get, don't get paid for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> and then finally, he's asking if you'll be playing shinty next season. I'll be there. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Um, yeah. well, myself now, we're on to your, um, your professional playing career. It's obviously been quite short, but could you tell us, kind of, from an overall perspective, uh, how, what your professional career has been like so far? No bother. So, I turned pro about two and a half years ago. Um, and I was... I wasn't actually going to turn pro then. I went to tour school, um, and I was going to go. I was going to go to tour school as an amateur. Um, my manager. Uh, we had it all planned out. We had it all sussed. This is what we're going to do. That's how we're going to do it. And then I phoned him up one day, and I goes, "You know what? I was meant to go to the Middle East to prepare two events out there before tour school in Spain. I phoned him up one day just randomly, and I said." you know what, what's the point of going out to the Middle East here and not able to make money? He goes, ah, you're starting to think now. And I goes, well, I think I just might as well go out there as a professional. And so that if I have a good week, I can make money. Yeah. Um, and that's what i done. We ended up turning pro. I finished third in the first event and then I won the second event. So it was a good decision. Um, went to tour school. I had my dad in the bag. He knows my game inside out. Mm -hmm. So there's three stages at tour school. Uh, final stage being the third. I managed to skip first stage with my world amateur golf ranking. Went to second stage. Finished, had a good last round to get into the final stage. Made the cut at final stage, which guarantees you your challenge tour card, which is the one below the European tour. Yeah. And then it's just kind of been a snowball since then. I, I didn't start my challenge tour well. Um, I'd say I made one cut out of the first five. Mm -hmm. I then changed my caddy. I didn't blame it on him, but I just, again, when things aren't going right, you change things. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. just for a different a different spark. Mm-hmm. And then I got um, another boy in the bag, Greg, and it was just an absolute, it was just a change in mentality, a change of attitude. And we we done well. Um, and then I played in Finland, finished second in Finland. I got beaten a playoff, which boosted me right up the rankings. I mean, that got me within a, within a look on getting top 15 to get your European Tour card. Yeah. Then didn't do too great the rest of the season up till the second last event where it's the big money events on the Challenge Tour. Um, I managed to to finish second on well, being a playoff again in China, which pretty much secured my card. And then went on a European Tour. And, um, I think I've had two or three. Well, one, two, three second places. Mm-hmm. Uh, in European tour events and then a, a sixth place at the British Open. Yeah. That's really been, that's been it. And then this year's been a bit, obviously a slow start. I, I was injured. I got injured halfway through last season, um, hand injury. And then I played, I played through it, painkillers and whatnot. And yeah, okay. just managed to, just managed it. Didn't practice too much, but I was in a, when you're playing well, you don't really need to practice. You just kind of keep going. Yeah. Totally, totally. Now, obviously, we, we see it on the television, but from your own opinion, what's the best part about being involved in golf? Um, best part? You <laughs> <laughs> can't see the money. Because <laughs> we, we've looked at how much you've earned in just in August alone. <laughs> it's, I love... Um, inspiring people that's kind of because of where I'm from and the way I've been brought up mm-hmm. giving others an opportunity is huge and being from the west coast in a small town called Oban you, do, you don't get many opportunities you've got to have folk behind you that are backing you big time yeah. not financially but more emotionally like my family have have just have, have given me every opportunity to go and do what I need to do and I feel like for me there's going to become a stage where I'm going to start helping folk out in my area to try and give them an opportunity to, to go and chase a dream that they've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's, that's the biggest part is you get folk messaging on social media. Um, you're at events and they're, they're wanting your autograph and stuff. And it's just little things like that. You take the time because who knows down the line, they might be, you might be against them. That might have just pushed them to go and, to go and right. chase that they've, they've always wanted. That's really interesting. Well, that is a, that's yeah. a great point, something that we yeah. can't echo enough. You know, it's, you, we, we find it very difficult, um, obviously, trying to get people here. So, like you say, just wee small things that are, people are so appreciative. Um, yeah, appreciative So, thank you. Um, next question is one that I've sort of come up with. You've obviously played in a, a range of some excellent golf courses throughout your career. Is there any that in particular that stand out and why? Loch Lomond. Great course. Yep. And, I mean, that's, that's, that is one of the best golf courses in the world. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I just, I'm not too far away from it. Um, but the, the views, I mean, it's, the whole experience that you get when you're there is um, unbelievable. Obviously, have been lucky enough to play it a few times, but it's just been, 
every time I go there, you get like goosebumps when you're just pulling into the drive, and it's just it's somewhere that I could, I could play every day of my life, um, and just enjoy it. Is that that's still a, is that still a members only club? Yeah. yeah. So just remember us next time, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Blade, I Blade's got the next the next question here. Uh, uh, what's been the highlights of your kind of professional career so far? There's been a few um, different different sort of things. One of them, obviously, the runner-up finishes have been were huge to try and put me in the position for the Open, but the o- playing in the Open at Port Rush and finishing yeah. sixth and finishing sixth was, I mean, I dream, you dream of playing, when you're a young kid, you dream of playing in, in majors. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I got the opportunity at Port Rush and it was a, it was a golf course that I knew well, I'd played it uh, through my amateur days and a lot of folk didn't realise that I knew it as well as I did and I loved the golf course, it suited my game. And I knew going there that if I just played the way I know I can play, then it was going to be a good week. And thankfully yeah. I did. And it was just the atmosphere, everything about it. I had my family over there. And that was, I mean, if I didn't ever play another major in my life, I could walk away from the game and go, I've done something that I've always dreamed of doing. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, obviously, with, with highlights, there, there sometimes becomes low points in your career. Is there any setbacks you maybe had that you've had in your career, and maybe how they have helped you learn from them and grow from them? Really, the only stuff that's really affected me is my injuries. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was an amateur, I broke my elbow playing football. Uh, put me out for a half a half a year, but. And then last season, obviously, it didn't really affect me, but my hand injury, the start of this year, it really affected me. My, I took time out and um, I took about 10 weeks off, didn't touch a golf club over the Christmas period. Right. Went and tried warm weather train for a week before Abu Dhabi at the start of the year. The first day was perfect. I thought, yes, my, my hand injury's gone. Second day, up to up to practice a little bit and bang, it was back. It was back worse than I had felt it. And I honestly thought that I was going to have to have surgery and whatnot. But um, luckily, we got it sorted. I played the next week. Um, slightly pain-free. I was starting to get it up into my elbow, but that's because I was I was moving different. But mm-hmm. really, it's just been injuries and they can hit you. I mean, having, I think over the last year and a half, for the last year, since since I felt the injury, I've not, I've hardly practiced. I couldn't practice. I'm having to just play my golf, go and rest it. And yeah. although you're trying to push yourself to get better, I was almost accepting that I'd hit a limit for that point, and it was more just about me mentally getting through it. And at the start of this year, I'd say mentally I was struggling because I was still injured. Yeah. Yeah. Is it what about in terms of like say for instance you you have a poor round or even a, a poor tournament? How what's your, your thought process in terms of responding to that? I'm or pretty good. Data, just just forget about it. I'm pretty good at that. I mean, this week in Spain, I shot one of the hardest golf courses we'll ever we'll play on tour yeah. or anywhere in the world. I shot eighty in my first round, 
That I mean that's the first time I've shot eighty. I don't know in four years, five years. There's nothing wrong with shooting the eighty, Bob. There's nothing wrong with that. All there right. is for eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked off the golf course. I was I was livid. But then you look at all the other scores around you, and you're like, right, this place is this place is tough. Just yeah. accept. Yeah. And then the next day, <clears throat> the problem was, or the good thing was that no one was, no one was saying six, seven, eight under par, which normally happens at tour events. Mm -hmm. So it gave me the the belief that right, these guys ain't going to get away from you. So if you go and shoot three good rounds, come Sunday you can still you can still be there, mm -hmm. knowing that the golf course was was tough. So for me, that's probably one of my strengths is mentally just what happens, happens. I mean, if I go and shoot 85, right, I'll be, I'll be raging for maybe the week, but once it's over, I mean, there's nothing you can do. You just learn from it. No one's yeah. been hurt. No one's, yeah, that's true. nothing, nothing big's happened. All you've done is not played good golf. Yeah. Don't wrong. Yeah. You get abuse on, some dafties on social media will write abuse, but I mean that was that was straight over my head. You know yeah. what you know what you tell them what my Twitter account is, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of touched there, Bob, on the kind of mental side uh, of the game. Is, is there anything you do, kind of preparing for a shot uh, or walking up to a, to a shot in terms of the kind of mental preparation? Not really. I mean, no. Other than. Under pressure, when it starts, when you start getting nervy, you've just got to start taking your time, maybe a bit of, a bit of deep breathing uh, yeah. to try and get your, your heart rate down. But other than that, I mean, you've hit the shots thousands upon thousands of times. So it's just about believing in yourself. And this year especially, I've started to um, just trust, believe myself more. I mean, there's trouble there's trouble around some of these greens, what water hazards, what not, that it can really cost you. But yeah. at the end of the day, you've practiced that much to hit a certain shot. And when you're under the gun, I mean, you've got to not think about the danger. You've got to think about what you want to do with that ball. And for me, it's yeah. about believing in yourself, back yourself 100%. And yeah. Obviously, here on the side of caution sometimes, but when the when it comes to crunch time, you've got to take on a shot. It's not the guys that are scared ain't going to win. It's the guys yeah. that believe themselves and back themselves a hundred percent. Yeah, will come through it. See, in terms of believing in yourself, like for example, I'm like an average golfer. We'll get it in here, Mister McHugh. So I play off a of seven. Mister McHugh plays off a of, is it thirteen, Mister McHugh? I think I've already clarified that. <laughs> Uh, I'll walk onto the green and I'll say sorry on the and I'll think I can maybe par this hole see every hole you go into is your belief I can birdie this or better yeah yeah, yeah. every hole I play every hole in the golf course for for me is you try and play it so that you can birdie it so you try and play the golf course so that you can have 18 birdies that's ultimately that's what you're trying to do yeah um, pretty much impossible yeah. No, one, no one's done it yet. Um, but you set up, you, you make a game plan. Um, yes. It's, it's football or anything. You make a game plan to win the game. And some weeks it's the wrong game plan. And some yeah. weeks it's the right game plan. But we try and, you play the whole 
you set out to play a hole so that you take the least amount of shots. Yeah. Whether you're leading by five or behind by five, it should it shouldn't really change unless it's a drivable hole. Yeah. Where yeah. you might you might take an extra risk or you might you might be more cautious. Yep. Yeah. Really interesting. Mr. Irvin, are you your next question? Yeah, I think you're on question eight now, Mr. McHugh. Oh, so well, just yep. following on the back of that, um, I was listening to you when you were on the, the Bunker podcast, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and you were talking about in terms of getting up to this match fit, is I think what you referred to it as, but how much do you do your training, like hit the driving range compared to an actual full round of golf? For me, I would, I like to spend more time in a golf course, mm-hmm. so I don't... Yeah, and there's some guys out there that'll just batter balls all day. Um, but for me, I like to just go and I'd rather play 18 holes than stand in a range for three hours. Uh, it's just the way, it's the way, the style of golf that I play. I, I like to, to move the ball a lot. So for me, it's you've got to go out and see the shots rather than stand in a range with the one direction of wind and, and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I just like to go out there and, and play the game rather than. And worry about numbers and whatnot. Just go and see shots, hit shots, and and main main the main thing for me is enjoy myself. Yeah. If I'm enjoying, if I'm enjoying my golf, then I'm a dangerous man. <laughs> I said about what my tail to go this way. The next question is directly uh, about me. So, any advice for a 13 handicap or golfer to work on improve? my game so that I can lower my handicap because I reckon I'm probably going to get and shoot 68 this Saturday. <laughs> uh, the main thing for me, the main thing is don't try and swing out your boots. Don't try and hit the driver as hard as you can. And just work on your, if you're going to practice on something, just go and chip and putt. That's where, that's where your average, average golfer will lose so many shots is missing from three, four, four feet, uh, and just not getting up and down from simple things. Just try and get the ball on the ground as soon as you can around the greens and make life easier for yourself rather than trying to f- hit a 58 degree from three yards off the green when you can, when you could put it or bump and run it. Yeah. Yeah, enough. And see if that doesn't work, it'll be the dafties on Twitter. It'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I was just interested to find out, talking about handicaps, uh, obviously you become professional, you don't have a handicap anymore, but what would you say can it be a good kind of benchmark for your handicap now, if you're still playing? It wouldn't move much. I mean, plus four, plus five. Right, okay. Yeah, that's what I d- turn pro as as well, but... Right. right. I'd say the same, plus four, plus five. It's just about doing it more often now. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than hot and cold, it's about just doing it week in, week out. Yeah. Excellent. Lane, I think you've got the next question, Paul. Um, what advice would you give to like younger golfers that are trying to get into golf when they're older? So, if you've not been playing it when you've been... If you've not been playing it when you're young, uh, the main things have pa- go with pals, go and play golf with pals. And uh, yeah. if there's a few years, if there's a few years that are playing it, it's more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing for me. I think younger guys find golf boring. There's not enough 
kind of action in it, and they're out there on their own. I mean, I struggled last year with with being out in tour mode. Mm. Um, we changed a few things middle of the year to start enjoying golf again, and that's the main thing. It, just going out and enjoying it. You can't if you don't enjoy something, you don't do it. It's like any anything other than other than school. Um, if you're not enjoying it, you kind of got to go. But on sport-wise, if if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. But the main thing is get a group of guys into into sport, into golf, and no doubt you will enjoy it. Bob, see, just on the back of that, obviously the current pandemic, I feel as if Scottish golf would get a, a big opportunity to try and, and, and get some of the kids on board. Is there anything that we should, in your opinion, that we should be doing perhaps as, as schools, as golf clubs, or as a government, what can we be doing? I don't really know. I don't. Um, up where we are, we've not got many juniors either. Mm-hmm. But it's the time of the PlayStation and Xbox, and folk aren't wanting to go out and out and do things. So it's. I don't know. I think it starts at, at primary school. Mm-hmm. If you can get them in young and start playing for fun, not get serious at, at a young age. I mean, go out there and just give the kids, let them whack it about, obviously be safe, but let them go and whack it. Um, I think you just got to start them younger, get kids into golf when they're young. And and with pals, again, they've got to have friends. If, if an eight-year-old's going to a golf course with, with, his, with his dad, although he'll probably look up to his dad or his maybe a wee young girl that's going there with her mum or, or whatnot. It's just get two or three years going with one parent and I think it's it's the only way it can you can move forward and keep kids in, in golf. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, just before we get a finisher, I've actually got a, got a wee personal question that I've just come up with. Um, obviously when you're on tour, um, you don't need to name individuals, but is there anybody that you maybe... I've had previous experience with who you've really enjoyed playing alongside in the same pairing and maybe the flip side for your thought I hope I'm not paired with him again. Uh, there's a few. There's a few guys that I absolutely love playing with. Like yeah. just because they're fast. They chat in the way I mean I love a, a good chat in the way around. That's why my caddy's got to got to have good chat. I mean, we can we chat about anything. Come on, give that give you something flavour. <laughs> No, no. This is very fine that what happens on the telly. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so you can literally chat about anything. And for me, it's Hou Tong Lee, the Chinese boy. Right, okay, aye. Uh, he's off He's off his trolley. He's he's <laughs> mental. Um, you've got Alex Norton, the Swede. And Martin Keimer as well. He's... Oh, right, aye. He guys. And then you've got Bernd Wiesberger. I'd say there's four. Four guys... Um, that are just obviously great players, and I can I could just play. I play with freedom and enjoy it, and I play well when I'm out with them guys. Who don't I like playing with? <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> Every, everyone's probably seen it on my Twitter from the other week, but slow golfers, anyone that's slow. Um, yeah. Just there's a few. How, how long does a round take on average, like the kind of professional level, Robert? Three balls, so Thursday, Friday, it's minimum. It's five hours normally. Is that aye? Four hours, 45, five hours. Aye. But it, it 
it can be slower. I mean, it really, can, I yeah. Well, uh, it's not. It's not fun when it starts getting. When you start waiting on every shot, um, yeah. it's not enjoyable. It's good when you yeah. can. Good when you can just. I mean, that's one of the bad. One of the good things about playing bad. Um, Saturday, Sunday. If you've just made the cut, then you you're out early, no one in front of you, and you just fire around. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, right, before we finish it, we're, we're sending you an open invite to, to call the golf club. So if you fancy joining us for a round anytime soon, I'm hopefully yeah. sure Ian will, will be able to uh, arrange that, but I'm sure you'll be busy anyway. You know what I think about with 13 <laughs> handicapper golfers. <laughs> <laughs> so, your finisher, Paul, um, if you were to build or create one ultimate golfer of four players, right, we're looking for the best driver of a ball the best iron player, the best short game, and the best putter. Four different from any, players. From any time, or people I've played with? Whatever. Keep it open, Andy. Well, does that make uh, it more difficult? <laughs> ah, I mean, best driver of a golf ball, Rory McIlroy. Um, he just absolutely rips it. Best right. iron player, Tiger Woods. Best short game, I'm going to go with short game that I've played with. I would say Scott Gregory. All right, okay, yeah. Boy, beat me in the British Amateur Final. He was, he's been, he's chipping is unbelievable. Um, best putter, clutch putter, Tiger Woods again. I mean, yeah. Just, he's the man was when it comes to. Was stuff. he your hero growing up? No, Phil Mickelson, fellow lefty. No. He was mine, just yeah. been left-handed and whatnot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, just before we finish, Robert, is, is what's next for you? Is it uh, Portugal? I ain't saying that. No, no, I'm going. No. I'm U.S. Open next week. All right. Um, fly out there on Sunday and hopefully play well. Good. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I did. We'll be Maybe cheering you on. Major on that, perhaps. <laughs> Superb. Uh, many thanks, Bob, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure I, I speak for Blaine and Mr McHugh as well. He's, he's mad hat there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be cheering you on next week. Uh, and anybody that's watching this, make sure you get across to our Twitter page at Bishy PE to follow us and check out all our podcasts on our Spotify and our YouTube pages. Okay, guys, thanks very much for joining us today. No problem at all. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers, Robert. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate that. No bother. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Blaine. Cheers.